Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Our Earth relies on the sun for all our needs. The star of life, the bringer of warmth, and the cleanser of blight. But when our sun leaves, disappearing from our lives, its presence is felt and mourned. The land begins to decay. What we hold dear and what we know is warped beyond recognition. The earth becomes barren, a creature unto itself. The earth becomes a canvas of blood and bone. Welcome, my shamblers of the night, to your creepy Wednesday tale. Warning, this episode is not for little ears. The Blood Canvas written by Wittix. An ongoing series with this being the very first part, a tale of flesh, bone, and pure hellish insanity. Where an individual finds themselves in an unfamiliar landscape of what they once called their home. Before we start, I want to thank my Patreon supporters that keep this creep fest growing. My Ode Night Tea Titans Matthew J. Bauer Night Stalker In this barren world, a creature was born from the husks of corpses that littered the earth. The souls of the tortured saw no light, witnessed no freedom, and succumbed to the hellish environment, and then began to relish their new lives. Born from disparity is the Night Stalker consuming drones of the blood canvas that is our new world. Of the survivors in this new world, what is known of the Night Stalkers are that they can be heard coming, but rarely ever seen. For you see, their bodies are riddled with perforated holes that allow them to mimic the sounds of humans, animals, and creatures of the old world. However, it is these holes that during their travels whistle in the wind. Should you hear a whistling in this plane of darkness, think fast. Maya, the Felix, a creature born from feline descent, a sleek, slender monstrosity whose form would be beautiful if not for the prowess and cruelty hidden within. Beneath its musculature lies a series of bone teeth that it uses to impale, trap, and devour its prey. The Felix can be seen from a distance and appears as a stunning black magnificence, luring its prey with its beauty, before disappearing in the blink of an eye with glorious quickness. Before the prey realizes, their bodies are ensnared, twisted and slowly digested over weeks, whilst alive, mind you. The only way to fool a Felix is never to be seen, for should they spot you, make peace with your gods. Solstra, Ooze Eater. In this land of misshapen monsters and creatures born from the cesspools of bile and bone is the Ooze Eater. This creature appears harmless at first, neither on purpose or without knowledge, for it thinks not with its mind but its stomach. Covered in a thick slime, it slithers its body through the plains of blood, consuming, collecting, and absorbing living matter, and most disgustingly, evolving. The Ooze Eater never stops moving, never sleeps, 
and is truly feared on the blood canvas plains for its insatiable appetite and cruel means of absorption. Skin to skin contact, slow and microscopic absorption at cellular level. And should you somehow get away, well, pray you die soon. For your body will give in to the ooze eater's poison, and you too shall become the creature you so feared. Thank all of you for being amazing, mates. Today's stories are what I thought would be interesting on the plains of the blood canvas, a world of flesh, blood, and madness. And thanks to you, mates, more music in this episode and improved sound effects. Again, you lovelies make it happen. Thank you so much. My white tea warlords, iron cows, corpse eater. Once this creature was a provider of milk and grazer of grass, but now a mutation of horrid disfigurement and malice, a facade of what it once was. The corpse eater lives to consume, its body twisting into parts of what it eats and seeking more fresh flesh to merge with its own. And any part it cannot consume or inhibits its ability to consume is vomited up expelled from its body. These creatures of madness are not quite easily avoided, but should you be touched by their acid, you'd rather lose a finger than endure its burn. It slithers into surrounding tissue and necrotizes it. Stay well away from the corpse eater, or you'll be next on its list. Lee Bauer, wary traveler. Once human, but they have long forgotten. At first glance, they walk with purpose, stride like humans do. But this wary traveler, as they are called, is far from being human. An accumulation of parasitic insects wrapped around a brainstem that imitates the figure's movements and motions of a human, designed to lure its prey within a 15-meter radius. And oh, how it succeeds. With each killed human, another is born, and the brain is used as a husk to learn, imitate, and grow anew. The only known trick in spotting a human instead of the wary traveler is to hurl flesh or an object at it. If it flies right through, run. Because before you know it, its paralytic hooks are in your back and you're slowly drawn into its body to be consumed. Trust nothing and no one. And second guess your eyes if you want to survive in this world. Thank you both for being amazing mates and supporting this show. I hope you enjoyed both your mini-stories. I went for a more creature feature vibe for both your tales. Think Slither meets The Thing. Two of my favorite horror films. Thank you so much for your support, guys. And of course, my Elgrain forces, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Lorraine Grisanto, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, and Divided by Zero. Thank you all for your support, mates. You lot are helping this show grow every single episode and lots of love your way. Now turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and get ready for the blood canvas. Day one. The world has changed. Subtly, over time. It didn't happen overnight. I figured it'd be a good idea to tell my story, mostly to keep myself sane. I don't even know where to start. I'm new to all this recording and expressing my thoughts. It's just I need someone or something to talk to. I need someone to understand the hell I found myself in. 
The sun went out yesterday, turned into a ball of grey, cloaking the world in hues of black and white. Even my own skin has taken on a lovely shade of pale, pale white. Not that it's much different than the previous shade. It's better even. Now I feel just like everyone else. Let's talk about everyone else. They're gone. They've been replaced by unthinking shells of their former selves. It was rather distressing at first, watching my friends, no, peers, I don't have friends, slowly change. I'd say they withered away, but if my lackluster parents ever taught me anything, it was not to lie. So I will not lie. They did not wither. They grew. Their arms grew down to their feet, and their bodies lost all their fat and hair. Their skin sagged due to the loss of fat at first, but then slowly grew and stretched tightly across their bodies, turning bleach white in the process. The face in particular had an interesting reaction. The skin grew over their mouths, ears and noses, leaving two unblinking eyes and a skinny hunk of flesh masquerading as a body. They're naked too. I'm not sure why. They lack any sexual organs, as if they reverted to an asexual state. They just refuse to wear clothes. Maybe it's a form of evolution, but they no longer require clothing. Maybe it's supposed to mean something. Or maybe they just want to fuck with me. I've always wondered how they sustain themselves, due to their lack of a mouth, or how they communicate with each other. I don't think they can do either. I've never witnessed it. Nope. They just go about their former daily routines, unthinking and unblinking. They don't usually show any malicious or hostile intent, they are just content to go on with their lives. They do get upset when I break my routine though, so I go about it whenever I'm in their presence. I've taken to calling them drones, I think it fits the figure quite nicely. When I first noticed the change, I was understandably panicked. I had walked downstairs expecting to see my mother and sister eating breakfast, but instead found two drones in their place. I screamed and ran, only to see two more crawl from separate doorways and just stare at me. It dawned on me that this must have been my former family, and I rushed to a mirror. To my horror, I was still the same person, and now I'm an outcast, the only normal human awash in a sea of brainless husks so it's not that different than the previous world. Of course, that's not all that's changed. The ground has turned to flesh, literally. That is the best way to describe it. The ground is now pale flesh matching the color of my skin. I first noticed when I stepped outside and surprisingly found myself sinking into the ground, as if I was wading through mush. Upon closer examination, I found it to be rather warm and firm, yet it still easily tore. I cut it. The ground, not my skin. Can't imagine doing that. In an attempt to dig down and see what lies beneath the skin, it bled, and the blood was actually red. That is the only other color I've seen besides black and white. I figured it had some significance, so I found a shovel and dug into the ground even more. It was like striking a geyser. Crimson blood spurted from the wound, covering the surrounding area. I couldn't go very deep, 
the skin is just the surface. There's a network of something down there, but I can't penetrate the surface, nor do I have a reason to. There's no possibility of escape, and I've taken to calling this world the Blood Canvas, as blood is the only thing that has color anymore in this world of black and gray. My digging did draw the attention of a good amount of drones. Who they were formerly and what they were doing near my home, I have no idea. They surrounded me, and I had no choice to either fight them off or run. I ran. I'm a coward, always have been. I ran from my problems before, and I continue to run from them now. Old habits die hard. God, I'm trapped here. As I mentioned earlier, I'm stuck in a routine from my former life. I wake up, go to school. Yes, I still go to school. It's somewhat humorous. A bunch of drones and I sit in the classroom, sitting silently, staring straight ahead. Still not any different than the old world. Come home and go to bed at a reasonable hour. The whole thing's a farce. I gain absolutely nothing from the experience, and the drones seem not to care the least when I'm following it. But heaven forbid I break my routine for just a minute. That's when things get interesting. If I do one thing out of the ordinary from my past life, the previously harmless drones will gather around me and swarm me. They'll stare at me, eyes open wide, their entire bodies twitching and vibrating. I can't tell if they're trying to communicate in some bizarre way or are genuinely upset at my breakage from the cycle. One time, I tried walking towards one to coax a reaction from it, but the whole crowd shifted around me so that I was always the center of attention. God, I hated that. Honestly though, I have no idea if their intentions are hostile or not. I've never let them get past the twitching stage. I break down and return to my routine and the drones gradually dissipate, satisfied with my actions. I'm stuck in a non-conformist hell. Christ, I sound like every edgy teen out there. That's what I thought this place was at first. A form of purgatory, designed to punish me by forcing me through the old world's daily cycle. But purgatory would have a reason for being, right? There is no purpose of the blood canvas, no reason for being here. Day, Day two. 2 Today was a bit worse than yesterday. I was strolling around the blood canvas, going about my normal school routine, when I came across another foreign entity. This one was not like the drones. It was capable of thought and had definite hostile intent. I call it the hangar, for reasons that will become obvious in a moment. It had the basic appearance of a drone, long arms, skinny, almost anorexic body, and pale white skin. Its left arm was missing, in its place was a messy, red stub attached to a long crimson rope-like appendage, which ended in a noose. The hanger had a long, protruding neck, cracked in the middle to the left, so that its head rested on its own shoulder. A chain was wrapped around the bottom of the neck and coiled down its right arm. It actually had a face. Its mouth was stuck in a perpetual grin, and above it laid a pair of bloated eyes. The nose dripped red, bringing some color to the bland face. Strangely, its right arm was covered in stitches, sometimes torn open, revealing a nasty, crimson wound underneath. The final difference was that the hanger 
was not asexual like the drones. It was definitely male, but it was still naked like the drones. What I'm getting at is that its penis was exposed too. I could see that its tip was red, and I honestly did not want to look further to find out why. I'm sure you understand. None of the drones noticed the hanger. I tried to ignore it too, pushing the thought of it to the back of my mind, in the hopes that it would ignore me. It didn't. Instead, it followed me around the grey school campus, smiling, waving its noose, and pointing at me. There was something about the hangar that seemed strangely alluring. I couldn't tell you why. This thing was inhuman and so sickly, but its naked form was so... Never mind. Forget that part. There was something strangely familiar about the hangar, like I had seen it before, but never took it seriously. I don't know why it chose to manifest itself now. I was sitting alone eating lunch, watching it about 30 feet away, when it decided to actually do something. It pointed at the nearest drone, signaled its downfall, swung its noose, and lassoed, for lack of a better term, the drone. The drone was taken by surprise. The noose tightened around its neck and the drone began to panic, making a loud, muffled sound, of which I assume was a scream. The hanger dragged the drone by its neck to a tree with surprising strength. The noose looked decaying and frayed, hardly stable, and gripped the drone's twitching head with its free hand. The hanger then threw the drone over a low yet stable branch, acting as a pulley. The drone began to rise, making a louder sound and clawing at the noose around its neck. I just sat and watched the poor drone get lynched. Streaks of red flowed from the drone's neck. I assumed the hanger's noose was barbed or something. It was horrifying, yet strangely beautiful. Watching the red flow into the white blackness of the world, I didn't have time to admire the queer beauty of the scene. The hanger waited until the drone was silent and dangling, released it, and began walking towards me. Now, I had been reasonably calm watching the drone get hung. After all, it was a brainless shell, brought back to reality seconds too late. But the thought of me being lynched flooded my mind with fear and panic. I had waited too long. The hangar was closing in. I'd been sitting on what was previously a patch of grass, now turned to flesh. The flesh ground was unavoidable. I found grass flesh to be softer and the hardened flesh that replaced the concrete, and got up to run. My shoe dug too much into the flesh, and I ended up falling and tearing a patch into the ground. Fresh crimson oozed slowly out of the ground's wound, and the hanger sopped its advance to ponder this new development. I was still on the ground, in pain, realizing that I had skinned my knee and was bleeding. The hanger was above me, its ankles now tinted red as it stood in the ground's wound. I began to feel a feeling of pure joy. No, not joy. Acceptance. I realize how strange that sounds, but it was still true nonetheless. The pain of this world and the previous world would finally be over. My salvation was finally at hand. I accepted my fate and waited for the cold, rough noose to close around my neck. Choking to death wasn't my primary choice of death, but it would suffice. Obviously, it never came, since we're both here right now. No. The hanger decided that it didn't like something about me, 
I looked up as it stood over me, its pale, naked body reeked of decomposition. I got a better view of the creature, not that I really wanted to. Its skin was rougher than that of the drones, some patches had rotted away entirely, leaving a mess of black and grey in their place. Hair grew in patches all over its body, some areas natural, some unnatural. Blood was dripping onto the ground in front of me. I forced myself to see why. The head of its penis was cut down the middle, causing the red splotch I had seen earlier. Now it was dripping before me. It too was covered in stitches like its arm. Some were also torn open. Looking back on it, the image is still unnerving and makes question my own sexuality. I know, I know. We'll talk about that a later day, as it probably has something to do with this whole situation, but right now, I just want to talk about this beast. I cringed, waiting for the hanger to make its move. Instead, it stood there staring at me. The perpetual grin began to fade, replaced by a look of horror. I looked at its crooked face and tried to follow its eyes. It appeared to be staring at the wound on my knee, as if afraid of it. A peculiar thought entered my head. It feared my blood. This was the only conclusion. I would surely have been hung by now, if not for the sudden shock of pain and the aftermath. The hanger began to back away as more of the red flowed from my knee, and I began to grow more confident. I had finally found my defense in the form of my own flesh. Why this was, I still have no idea. It makes no sense, really. Then again, nothing makes sense in this world. Still, with this new knowledge, I dug my fingers into my wound and began to tear, ripping the scratch apart and allowing more blood to flow through. And actually, the pain was already fading, replaced with a feeling of elation and power. The hanger was a good distance away. I stood up and started walking towards it, showing the blood on my hands. Drones, too, began to mass around us, glancing back and forth between us two. They made no move, instead choosing to simply stare. Interestingly, they didn't show any remorse towards their fellow drone that lay suffocated behind them. I suppose they didn't have any feelings for one another, unless united against a common cause. I started walking towards the hangar. It let out a shriek. Its mouth now fully agape. Then it ran. As simple as that. It was afraid of my blood for some reason, and I have no desire to question why, and had fled the premise. I returned to my spot of sitting and resumed eating lunch, satisfied that I was safe for the time being. When lunchtime was up, I walked over to where the drone had been hung and examined its corpse. The eyes were now shut creating a face of pure flesh. I could see the spiral of red around its neck and saw that it indeed had come from multiple holes in its neck. I left it there. Some other drone would surely come upon it and clean it up. I haven't seen the hanger since. It's probably too afraid to show its face now. But why be afraid of blood? Obviously, blood is important in this world. It's the only thing that has color. Fascinating. Utterly fascinating. Perhaps I'll collect more from the flesh ground and study it. Away from the drones, of course. That's the other thing. The drones are hiding something. I know it. 
maybe they're like a hive mind or something. There's just something off about them. More than the fact that they're walking sculptures of skin. No, I don't want to discuss this any further. It's been a long, tiring day. We can talk tomorrow. Day 3 I know what you're thinking, but no. I want to talk about another event like yesterday. Trust me, it does wonders to get it out of my head. I had come downstairs for breakfast, expecting to see the drones of my former family waiting for me. Instead, I saw a large bloated mass rummaging through the kitchen drawers. It didn't react to my presence at first. I knew that this thing was hostile. The hangar had been the only unique thing in the world so far, and this thing was on course with how disgusting it was. So I grabbed the knife off the kitchen counter and started walking towards the mass, which I saw to resemble an incredibly obese and disfigured person. It stood on two legs and was bent over looking through the shelves, its buttocks shoved straight in the air towards me. It was not a pretty sight, this thing was fat, inhuman, and I swear, I could see its skin occasionally ripple and gurgle, as if something moved beneath it. There were no red or dark spots I could see. The thing had bleached white skin. It reeked of foul-smelling chemicals, which began to burn at my eyes as I got closer. And then it turned around, catching me mid-stride and revealing its, or I guess her, full self. Well, to call this thing a her would be an insult to my gender, so I'll refer to it as the burned. That's what I noticed first. The burn marks on its bulging throat, dark spots of black that would constantly bubble and boil, like a constant chemical reaction. The burned was less like a drone than the hangar was. It was the size of three drones rolled together and mashed into a ball. It had short, stubby limbs instead of long, limp arms. They protruded out and seemed to mainly be there to maintain balance. Looking back on it, the burned made a great antithesis to the hangar. It too had a face, or at least part of one. I couldn't see its eyes, instead seeing two shrunken sockets that extended deep into the creature's head. It had long, dark hair that had not been cut in some time. It nearly fell to the floor. The most defining feature of the face was the burned mouth. It was simply a wide slit cut across the entire face, with a slight grin to it. A constant liquid drool emanated from within, the color white nearly matching the bleached color of the skin. I could hear the liquid sloshing around, and when the burned opened its mouth to breathe, I could see the liquid being stored in its mouth. The burned would occasionally try to swallow down the liquid, but to no avail. It would instead vomit it back up to the floor. I could smell the fumes from its breath as it moved towards me. As I mentioned, the burned's neck had severe burn mark and the skin had begun to peel away, revealing a hint of red underneath. The neck mimicked the rest of the creature, short, fat, and constantly shifting. The liquid it had been attempting to swallow leaked out of a series of small pores around its neck, further speeding up the chemical burning process. The burned was naked, just like every other creature in this world. 
I'm the only person with enough decency to not expose myself. Its breasts were large, swollen, and the skin was beginning to fall off in the places where the chemical liquids had flown downwards. Its body was mutated, rippling every few seconds and bubbling violently when exposed to direct contact with the liquid. Thankfully, the burned fat covered most of the lower body. Hair grew in seemingly random patches as it did with the hanger, primarily on the arms and in the nether regions. I saw no patches of red on its body, save for a small puddle that formed beneath it. When it saw me with my knife, it opened its mouth in some attempt to communicate, a low, guttural moan, letting the liquid splash on the ground before me. It advanced towards me, slowly. Each step must have been a tremendous amount of effort. Riding off the confidence from my confrontation just the previous day with the hanger, I took my knife, plunged it into the burned bulbous body, and wrenched it back out. The burned didn't seem to notice at all. My knife, on the other hand, was covered in the body's inner liquids and began to dissolve. Again, I stabbed at the burned body, not wanting to get close enough to slash at the throat, and this time lost my knife in the mass of flesh before me. The burned was agitated and started towards me at a faster rate. Then it stopped. A gushing sound filled the room and vomited on the ground between us for a solid 10 seconds. The pool of liquid began to fill the room and I could feel it start to burn away at my feet. I screamed in pain and tried to run to safety only to slip wildly in the liquid and fall face first into the hard ground. The burned seemed unaffected by the liquid's properties and continued its advance towards me, more liquid boiling up in its mouth. I tried desperately to recover, but between the burning fluid and my own panic, I had trouble getting to my feet and constantly fell back down. The burned wasted no time and was on me in seconds, grabbing my hair with its stubby hands and pulling my face toward its. Its skin felt warm and gelatinous, rippling against mine as it placed its hands near my mouth, trying to wrench it open. I held it closed firmly as the mass of flesh began to pull and pull. I thought back to my confrontation with the hanger and remembered what had driven it away. My blood. I reached a hand down to my knee and again tore at the scab, allowing blood to once again flow freely. It seeped down into the pool below us and mixed with the liquid. The burned let out a yell of surprise and released me into the pool, which was no longer burning at my skin. I looked around the room, desperately attempting to find some object to aid me. I needed more blood than my leg wound would provide. I found another kitchen knife, this one more serrated than the other. It would have to work. I drew the blade across my left arm, parallel to it, not perpendicular. The familiar color of red began to drain from it and onto the floor, mixing quickly with the pool on the floor, changing it from white to deep red. The sensation of pain was quickly replaced with the feeling of total control and happiness. The burned nearly slipped on its own chemicals and blood as it began its hurried retreat, stumbling towards the back door and slipping in my blood. I made another slash across my arm, doubling the feelings of pleasure while further driving the burned away, out of my house, out of my mind. By the time the burned finally rolled its naked body out of the door, 
All that was left of its presence was the pool of blood and chemicals it had waded through. I haven't seen it since. It's gone, just like the hangar is, buried deep down in the corner of the world and my mind. I've since covered my self-inflicted wounds and hidden them away. I'm not ashamed of them or anything. It's just... I don't know. Maybe I am ashamed of them. But they saved me. And they felt good. The drones don't like them. I could see them glaring at my arm. That's why I finally covered them. The mess in the kitchen was cleaned up when I got home. The drones like their cleanliness. Still, I'm trying to figure out just what the hell is up with these abominations that attack me. Well, in all honesty, the burned may or may not have been trying to kill me. I'm fairly certain it wanted to vomit its chemicals directly into my mouth, either dissolving my organs from the inside or turning me into a creature like her. I mean it. Trust me. If you saw that thing, you'd agree that it needed to die. The creatures must have something to do with the blood canvas. The world is sentient. It realizes that I have refused to follow suit like the rest of the people and sends creatures to remove me to ensure that conformity is followed by all. Is my blood toxic to these creatures? Maybe the blood canvas wanted to give me a fighting chance, but such a glaring weakness is surely unintended. I'm not dead. That's all I can ask for anymore in this cruel, cruel world. Yes, I'm done for the day. Well, mates, this is the first part of the blood canvas, and what did you think? I love the environment itself the most. There is so much potential here. So many creatures to create, monsters that could exist in these plains of hell. Oh, the Twisted Imagination could really do some cool stuff with this story. And I'm really curious to find out what Widdix comes up with next regarding more creatures, surviving the odds, and what happens to our protagonist. Stick with me Friday for the continuation, mates, and we can explore this story together. Also, if you get any spare time at all, a couple of seconds, leave an iTunes review. You'll see a link in my episode notes that will direct you there even easier than just looking for it on iTunes or visit my Patreon page and check out what rewards I have on offer. And your support will definitely help the show improve and grow. Take it easy, mates. And as always, till next we meet.